What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk. I am your host, Andrew Wright, and over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody, how are you? Good, man. How's it going? I hope you guys are all doing well over there. This is our final episode of the NFL series that we've been doing, Drew. I mean, who would have thought we finally made it? So with all that being said, let's get into it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, man, we are on the final, uh, final, I guess, episode, I guess I want to say. There was another word I wanted to say, and I completely blanked, so I'm just going to say episode. Uh, <laughs> final episode of our uh, division by division here in the NFL, and what are basically our predictions of the uh, of every team's record. So. We've gone through every single division except for this one, and today it is going to be the AFC West. So I'm really excited. Obviously, we saved the best for last. Um, you know, I don't think that's a question. I mean, AFC yeah. West is it's going to be the hardest. No. Uh, but, uh, Cody, before we get into all that, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm super exhausted, but uh, I'm glad that we are doing this, and it's a it's – a, good thing of consistency and something that I can uh, rely on to uh, get through a crazy week. So how about you, man? How's it going over there with the new kid? And are you, are you uh, sleeping? Are you staying up all night? What you doing? Well, it's been, it's actually been pretty, pretty good. I think there's a mixture of things. First, we've had a kid already, so we kind of knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's as a shock as it was with our first kid. Um, and then also we kind of like two weeks before cam actually came, we were having really trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. We were constantly waking up. Uh, so that actually has helped. <laughs> and then, um, also we have, I guess we've kind of got into a routine mm -hmm. and so it's not such a drag. Um, mm, okay. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I mean, he's up uh, two, every two to three hours. Um, and then we're up for usually about an average of like an hour um, every time he gets up. And then we go back to sleep. I was mm -hmm. telling you off, off air that um, uh, we have some guys working on our, on our backyard. And so every, every morning at 8 o'clock, they're you know, ringing our doorbell saying, oh, hey, we need you to open up the gate. We should suck because I went, I finally fell back asleep at seven o'clock. So I only get like an extra hour and I'm like, oh God, now I'm awake. <laughs> because like right when you walk outside, it's just blaring sun and you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to sleep anymore. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> uh, but it's actually been really good because I've been trying, I've been trying to be a good husband, uh -huh. been trying to be a good dad. Uh, I let my, my wife sleep in a little bit more. So I take my son. Uh, out out in the living room with me uh -huh. and uh, basically uh, that's that's usually me and him time basically uh -huh. my time because he'll be asleep <laughs> so I'm just like sitting here listening to maybe podcasts or or watching a show or whatever but uh, and then usually an hour hour and a half afterwards my uh, my daughter and my wife will wake up and and uh, you know enjoy the rest of our day basically so uh, it hasn't been too bad, to be perfectly honest, I got to say. And I think it also is because we're older. You know, okay. when we first had my daughter, Nadia, we were 
you know, we were in our young, early 20s. Uh-huh. And finally, like, you know, it was like a culture shock. You know, we weren't sure how many times she was going to wake up. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were just driving each other crazy. Now, this time, we're older, so we don't need as much sleep as we used to. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we're used to having, like, six hours of sleep every night. Uh-huh. So, uh, with this, I mean, we're only getting, like, five hours, and it's, like, not that big of a change. So Right. Uh, the only thing is I think I've upped my coffee intake a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, like, we've had to buy, like, cold coffee for the frig, but also we have coffee for my Keurig, uh-huh. and then... Uh, a lot of times I'll uh, persuade my wife to letting us go to Dutch Bros or Starbucks. <laughs> and so I have like at least two cups a day. But Has she been binging on coffee since now she's allowed to have it? No. See, okay. So the thing is, is my wife, when she was pregnant, she was so craving. Uh, we love Dutch Bros. Um, my sister-in-law used to work there and, and I've loved it since i think they opened mm-hmm. um and they're really good i mean it's like uh it's basically strictly on the west coast so you know i don't think we have any east coasters listening but if you do it's just a small coffee little place that uh started in portland uh oregon and it's kind of reached into california here and you know they have a few up in washington as well so it's a it's a really good coffee place, but um, they sell these things called Rebels, which is basically their version of an energy drink or their version of like monsters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my wife craves them like crazy, wow. and she couldn't have them because you can't have an energy drink when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, finally, now that she's had uh, Cam, she's been every time I'm like you want to go to Dexpro she's like yeah I want a rebel I'm like all right (laughs) she's been binging on rebels so uh you know her her energy drink uh intake has increased and my coffee intake has increased so uh but I'm not complaining I love it so right on man well I'll have to (laughs) gift you some Lana coffee then um I don't know if you guys have I don't know if you have a um like a self-fill Keurig where like you have grounds, you can then just put yes. it in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have to give, gift you a bag of Lana coffee. So that way, cause that's some good coffee. So if you're going to at yeah, least binge on good. some coffee, then you can at least have the good stuff. Yeah. Actually my, my sister-in-law got me a friend's coffee grounds. Uh huh. Um, God, I don't even know if it was like for Christmas or for my birthday. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, um, so like, yeah, usually when I want coffee, I, I just use that instead of the little pods. Mm-hmm. Like I like the pods that I have, but that coffee is like really, it's, it's not too strong, but it, it's, it's a nice flavor. So I, yeah. that's what I usually have been drinking. So, so sidetrack since we've kind of been going down a rabbit hole. Um, when I ran out, I ran out of coffee uh, a couple of months ago and I didn't want to go to the store. And so I was like, Oh, I, I think I can just like hold out for a couple more days. Cause at work I can drink as much coffee as I want. So really I'm just having coffee to kind of get my day going before I leave. I, I walk out the door and I remember I was out of pods. I didn't have any of the coffee grounds and I had in, um, in our pantry, these, uh, coffees that my mother-in-law had got me from the Philippines and they mm-hmm. already have like creamer pre-made and all that stuff. And that's not the greatest coffee, but it does fine in a pinch. So for like a few days, I was like getting these pre-made pouches and stirring it up <laughs> with hot water and drinking this Filipino coffee because I needed, I just wanted some source of caffeine before I'd go to go to work. Cause it's, <laughs> it's miserable if you don't have your, co- your coffee first thing in the morning, like you're used to. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I used to. I I have to have coffee. I it's just. I mean, I'm not afraid to say I'm addicted to coffee, and mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of it. I just I gotta have coffee. Better there, than being addicted like to cocaine. Of, yeah, that's true. There's a couple <laughs> of days where I don't, where I don't have coffee, and but I usually have tea. So oh, okay, that's yeah. my next best thing. <laughs> so, I drink anyway. that. I drink that pretty regularly, but. My wife knows that if I don't get some source of caffeine in me within like the first two hours of me being awake, then I'm usually very short and I'm very unpleasant. And, and yeah, it's not, it's not a very good scene. And I don't mean to, I try not to, but there's times where like, for some reason, when you don't have your coffee first thing in the morning, everything around you is testing your patience. And then you're just like, you're just like, we better leave before I commit murder because uh, <laughs> I need to get some sort of caffeine to just take the edge off. I need something really quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I was today. That's what I think that's why my <laughs> wife let me get Dextrose today because she was like, because uh, I, I told you the whole story. I'm not going to go into it, but it's, you know, just one after one thing after another was kind of happening and I was getting frustrated. And so my wife was like, Hey, I need to go to the Dollar Tree. So we went to the Dollar Tree to get some things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was like, Can we get coffee while we're out? Can we go to Dexter? She's like, Yeah, sure. And I was like, All right, thank God. <laughs> and I got home and started drinking it. And I was still a little irritated. And I just finished it not too long ago. And uh-huh. I'm a much happier man. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right, enough of coffee. Enough of coffee. Actually, I can't get enough. But I know, anyway, here. Uh, this is a sports show. And uh, we got to talk about sports. Coffee is not part of sports. We need to be more professional than this, Drew. This is getting out of hand. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Cody. Jeez. Anyway. <laughs> um, so like I, like I explained earlier, we are going to be doing the AFC West. Um, and I think this is the least confident I am, especially I, I do want to bring this up real quick. And I think we'll, we might get in a rabbit hole on this, but I think it is important to talk about. Uh, Cam Newton just signed with the New England Patriots on a one-year deal, um, which was, I don't think, anywhere near his asking price. Um, And it's just such a New England Patriot thing to do to get, was to get Cam Newton on like a a friendly deal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and you and I, we were talking off uh, off air, uh, you know, we originally put new england at four and 12 mm-hmm. i know i did for sure um i don't know if you have i'm your pretty notes. certain i either had them four and 12 or five and 11 i don't think i had them more than six games i think just because again a lot of the outliers we had was well for me at least is no more tom brady and jason mm-hmm. stidham we didn't know what he could do and uh you know they're an older team and Um, I was thinking that they may, you know, kind of punt on a year to get a higher draft pick. And, you know, some analysts were saying they're going to, they're going to kind of tank to get Trevor Lawrence, which would have been like the biggest Bill Belichick move ever, but (laughs) you know, but yeah, the big news, uh, Cam Newton signing with the Patriots. So for me, that changes how many wins I think they'll get, which would change a lot of the records that we've done for whoever Patriots have scheduled to play as we've done this series so yeah i think for me i had the patriots of four and 12 i think it's it can go up to seven and nine i don't see it any further they did lose a lot on defense um especially a lot of experience i mean you lost tom brady and i mean i 
I'm a huge fan of Cam Newton, but Cam Newton is not Tom Brady. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Cam Newton will add with his with his feet, which is really cool. But I really think this move really showed me or makes me think that Bill Belichick is going complete opposite of what Tom Brady was. Mm-hmm. Brady was a pocket passer, precision passer. Um, you know, this guy who, you know, everything is all about timing. Newton is more... Um, He's more on the fly, you know. He can he can run. You can you can implement run plays. Um, you know you can he he can get out of a pinch. You know if there's uh, two guys coming after him, he can figure out how to get out of there and and scramble out and how to extend the play a little bit. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like Bill Belichick is saying, "All right, I I see where the NFL is going, and I want to see if I can adapt to that. Mm-hmm. If not," then I have to either rethink about being the head coach or I have to think about um, what quarterbacks will fit my system. Mm-hmm. And I think the first, the first one that I said, I think if he, if this doesn't work out, like if it's, if the Patriots still end up being four and 12, mm-hmm. uh, which is a possibility. We don't, I mean, honestly, I follow Cam Newton on, on Instagram and, and Twitter and all that. And the videos that he posts, I mean, he looks good. And he was working out with Odell Beckham Jr., and that looked really good. His passes look good, but, you know, that's seven-on-seven-esque versus actually being in pads and, you know, having all these guys rushing at you. So it is a difference. But, um, you know, Cam has been working this whole offseason. So, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be – closer to seven and nine versus four and 12, but is again, it is a possibility, but I think if they do go four and 12, I think Bill Belichick is going to rethink. Now it depends if Cam Newton just looks like he's just no longer what he could, what he was at 2015 or even close to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think then he's just Bill Belichick is going to be like, okay, let's draft someone. Mm -hmm. But um, I really feel like, if it's just like the offense just isn't moving efficiently how Belichick wanted it to, mm-hmm. and like he just can't get used to a guy going off script and, and trying to you know extend the play, I think Belichick is really going to look at this and go, can I continue coaching in the NFL or am I done? I really think he's going to have mm-hmm. that conversation if it goes south. Mm-hmm. If it's looking optimistic, if they even go 6-10, and 10, I think he's going to think about it and go, okay, if I get an, if I draft a guy or if I get, you know, a receiver for Newton or if I get, which he'll never do, you know, he couldn't mm-hmm. do that for Tom Brady. Why is he going to do that for Newton? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like if mm-hmm. he just goes, okay, all I need to add is a couple of pieces here and there and this team will work. Um, but if it's, I think if it's anywhere south of six and 10, he's really going to have to think about, can I do this in the NFL? Can I? continue with the way the NFL is going. Okay. Um, So a couple of points to that. I don't think Bill Belichick will ever, after one season without Tom Brady, question whether or not he still wants to do it or if he has the ability to do it. I think he's, I think now just like Tom Brady is, they're chasing the who needs who more. Did Belichick need Brady or did Brady need Belichick argument? So I don't. I think honestly, Bill Belichick's probably going to coach for at least three more seasons, regardless of their record, before he 
retires and hangs him up just because like he's one of the all-time winningest coaches most successful I think he's um I think he he's either tied or he has the most championships for head coaches um and in my opinion I think Cam Newton is going to it basically takes the Patriots for being a underachieving under 500 team it to my opinion is a potential division winner in my opinion um you -hmm. cannot tell me that miami is going to be better than the patriots now with adding newton you can't tell me that the jets are going to be better you can't tell me that the jaguars are even going to be in the parking lot (laughs) um there's an argument that to me that could be made that the bills may not win this division because bill belichick has now a legit quarterback and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, Cam Newton's gone through a lot of injuries with the foot. He had rib injuries. He's had this shoulder issue that was kind of really, you know, hampering him last season, which is a, a big concern. But you've got a dynamic running back in Sony Michelle. You have a vet- uh, veteran uh, receiver in Julian Edelman, uh, along with uh, Muhammad Sanu Jr., or excuse me, Sr. Um, you know, they have a young tight end who they just drafted who um, – you know, is going to get very familiar with Newton because, you know, Newton loved to throw to Olsen when they were together. And they've got a pretty, they've got a younger now offensive line that needs to come together. But I think obviously Bill Belichick makes it work every year and their defense may have lost some pieces, but I mean, they still have a secondary that's scary. They've still got, uh, they've still got Hightower as their linebacker who leads that defense that really does change the dynamic of it when he's on the field. In my opinion, I think the argument is that not, if the Patriots are going to be a 500 team now, but you know, I'm, I can honestly say that I'm more confident to call them that they're going to win the division closer than the Buffalo bills. Um, now how far will they get in the AFC? I don't know. I mean, they still have to go through Baltimore. They'd have to go through Kansas city. I don't, I would say there's an argument that Tennessee's maybe a little bit better than them because they beat them last year and you lose your quarterback. You have a new one. But I think, again, with Cam Newton be so dynamic and how hungry he is. And, yeah, you watch all these videos, and they're edited really great. So, yeah, it looks good. But I really do think that he is hungry for success. He's going to have a coach who is going to get the best out of him. And this is going to remind me of when people – because I think there's some people that think that Cam Newton is a little high maintenance and personality. And, you know, you know is Cam Newton just show or is he really good? And I mm-hmm. think this is this reminds me of when, uh, of when Bill Belichick traded for Randy Moss, and Randy Moss was like kind of you know put as like a diva and all that stuff. And Bill Belichick got the absolute best out of Randy Moss. And I don't want to say it was a redemption season, but it definitely gave Randy Moss a, a better name than what he had when he was with the Raiders, because mm-hmm. obviously when the Raiders signed him, that whole tenure didn't go as well as everyone was hoping for and so Randy Moss basically left town with this bad reputation and then when Bill Belichick traded for him he basically got his he got his name back and I really think that this is going to be a version of that where Cam Newton is his talent and I think there's more questions than than uh that need to be answered but I think Bill Belichick is going to get the absolute best out of Cam Newton and you know with a with an older Cam Newton who's been around the league now for what 10 years a little bit more you know mm-hmm. he's he's we're probably going to see now a version of cam Newton we never thought we'd see and i think it's going to make the patriots very dangerous now how dangerous i don't know but i i would i would bet closer to them being divisional leaders than just a seven and nine team i think they're now far better than that with cam newton and 
Bill Belichick. And essentially they still have a lot of the same pieces um, minus a couple of defensive players here and there. And obviously Tom Brady, you're not going to replace Tom Brady, but if you had to take a second place quarterback, that is the best that's available right now to help Cam Newton was definitely the one that was the right choice to make. So. Yeah. And, and I think him going to new England actually will help him. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to become smarter as a quarterback. And I also do believe that this is going to be an offense that actually might suit him. I'm not saying that he wasn't, (laughs) it didn't suit him in Carolina. Of course Mm -hmm. it did. I mean, we saw the 2015 MVP here. I mean, he was ridiculous and he Mm -hmm. deserved the MVP. Uh, Those people who are saying, oh, well, it was just a fluke. Okay. It was a fluke, but (laughs) still, I mean, he deserved it that year. He was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't care if it was a fluke or if that's just who he is. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Cam Newton. I don't think I've ever hid that. Uh, You know that. Right. Uh, I'm always rooting for him. Uh, He's just such a dynamic quarterback. He's just someone that you want to play for. I mean, I watched the All or Nothing uh, series on Amazon uh, where they had the Panthers and Newton on there was just he was injured that whole year and he couldn't have been more positive. He wasn't like, Oh man, you know, I'm hurt and blah, blah. He was just working hard. And that's all Belichick wants. He's not going to say, Cam, you can't say this. Well, I'm sure he will say a few things, but he'll, I don't think he's going to try and hold Cam Newton back. I think that Mm -hmm. is completely overblown. Tom Brady is not the kind of guy who was going to challenge Belichick on certain things but cam newton has that personality that might challenge him and it actually might be good for both Mm -hmm. and if not it's only a one-year deal so if everything implodes then they're only stuck for a year and Mm -hmm. it's really not that big of a deal yeah Uh, but i really am rooting for cam newton i think cam newton not being signed earlier really showed him that okay this is a prove it year i have to prove myself if you're a betting man and you think that cam newton is 100 percent healthy I'm going to bet on Cam Newton, and I, I like what you said. They might challenge, if not, they might be the favorites mm-hmm. in the AFC East again. Yeah. And I'm not going to completely say no, but, I mean, that Bill's defense is pretty ridiculous. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to see. But um, I think this offense does suit Newton better because it's a precision offense. It's not, hey, you know what, we need a 20-yard pass here. You mm-hmm. know, because they don't have the receivers for that. They have mm-hmm. these guys who – you know, they've run these five yard, eight yard routes and you're just going to, you know, hit them. You just got to get, you got to throw the ball in the right spot and he's got a hell of an arm. He's mm-hmm. got one of the strongest arms when he is healthy, of course. Yep. And um, he's not always the most accurate, but I think Belichick will work with him and McDaniels will, will also work with him mm-hmm. on that. And I think you're going to see a different Cam Newton. I think you're going to see a more conservative Cam Newton but he's still going to run, and that's going to be an added dimension that New England never had for these 20 years. Yeah. And also, you're going to see Cam Newton flourish. I really believe that, and I think mm-hmm. this is a really good situation for Cam Newton. I'm really pulling for him. Um, you know, I'm still going to say the Bills are going to win the division, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots ended up winning it. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. All right, man. Well, we talked a lot about Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like one of the shorts that we had was like, where is he going to end up? And I think the Patriots yeah. and the 49ers 
were two teams I think I threw at you. This is like a month or so ago about this, just because like it's it's crazy. He's unsigned. He's a former MVP. He took his team to the Super Bowl, and you know he couldn't get a job. Like, are you kidding me? Nick Foles got a job before him. Like, not. I mean, he was already signed. He got traded. But the fact is, is like the Bears would have could have signed Cam Newton, and we would have been saying that they're probably NFC favorites. And they they traded for Foles instead. So, yeah. I mean, if you're the Chicago right now, you're looking at that going, "Oh my God, <laughs> we just what did we do?" You know. Um, but I'm sure they're not going to say that out loud because I mean they threw a ton of money at Foles. Yeah, they did. Oh my God. All right. Well, let's get going on the AFC West, Cody. We've wasted enough time. Uh, but uh, Cody, we're going to start with your fourth place team in the AFC West. What is the record and why? All right. So I'm going to kick us off. My fourth place team is the LA Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. Um, I have them at five and 11 um, in fourth place. Um, they're going to start the season with Tyron Taylor. It sounds like under center, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a quarterback change about mid season or after a few games. Unfortunately, I think Ty- I think, Taylor is a better quarterback than people get him, give him credit to. Um, I remember when he was with the Browns, he he didn't turn the ball over hardly ever, but then he got injured, Baker went in, and then never came out. So it was kind of unfortunate for Taylor. But, you know, he's a very good quarterback. He's um, I think he'll do a really, really good job. But, um, you know, one of the things about the Chargers that I'm not 100% sold on is with this whole pandemic thing, they haven't had a whole lot of time to really get any of that chemistry, especially with having a young quarterback uh, in Justin Herbert where you really want him to get as acclimated as possible with all of his teammates, especially if you drafted him in the first round. And he's essentially your franchise quarterback, your leader. Um, you really want him to assert himself and make his presence known. And, and I think that's kind of really tough when we have this whole pandemic thing going on right now and you really can't get that in his first year. But with that being said, maybe it gives him a little bit more time to keep training um, whenever they open up the facilities and just get him used to, what the NFL lifestyle is like a little bit before game time. But, you know, the players that they still have, obviously Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, Mike Pound, or I think it's one of the Pouncey brothers. I think I can't remember if it's uh, Mark or Mike. Anyways, uh, they still have uh, the Pound, one of the Pouncey brothers. Um, they did also draft an inside linebacker in Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, who's basically going to be opposite of, Melvin um, Ingram, which is which is great because Melvin Ingram obviously is their leader on that defense, um, and I really think that this defense is going to be a very stout, potentially top ten defense. But this offense is what's going to hurt uh, this team and their record, in my opinion. I don't think their offense is going to be potent enough to put points on when they uh, when leads get taken, and uh, you know, unfortunately, whenever a defense is going to give the ball give the ball back to the offense. I think that the chargers are going to find a way to lose games just because they're too young. Um, you know, they don't have Phillip rivers anymore. They lost Melvin Gordon. Um, and I, I think that they're about a year to two years away from being somewhat of a relevant team in the AFC West. I, I see the chargers having another one more year of last place football ahead of them. So that's where I have the LA chargers. Okay, I actually have the Denver Broncos in fourth place. Now, I'm not pleased with that. I, I think I would prefer them to be going in the uh, you know third place spot, but it's tough. I mean, I, I was looking through their schedule, and, and they have somewhat of a tough schedule. 
Um, but uh, I have the Broncos at five and eleven in fourth place, and the, and the reason is is simply this: they they play Tennessee, they play Pittsburgh, they play Tampa Bay. Then you got you know the Jets, and then now the Patriots. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know the Dolphins. That you know that could be win or loss. Uh, then you got to play the Chiefs twice. You got to play the Raiders twice. You got to play the Chargers twice. And I don't think those are all easy wins or easy losses. Um, you you know Falcons you have on the schedule. You have the Saints. Um, you know the Panthers. I mean we don't know and the Bills. So it's a tough schedule. I mean really I think the easiest wins they have. I mean. I would, I will, honestly, I would just say Dolphins and, and Jets, and I, I don't think those are going to be super easy. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I like their defense. I think the Broncos have a really, really good defense. I'm not saying that, but they did lose Chris Harris, and I think Chris Harris does add that experience. And not only did he add that experience, but he was still really good for being an older player. He still had a lot of good talent. He was still so smart to put himself in the right position at the right time. Um, you know, they have some really good young uh, pass rushers. I'm not a fan of their linebackers. I think they could get better at the linebacking uh, portion of that and their safeties. So I think those are going to be kind of weak spots for the Broncos. Um, but uh, they did add Melvin Gordon, who I love. I love Melvin Gordon. I really love Cortland Sutton. Um, but one one player that I'm just not sold on is Drew Locke. I I think he's okay, but I've I hear a lot of different things. Now I know everyone. You can look at the Broncos uh, record last year and be like, "Well, it was seven and nine. I mean, but Drew Locke wasn't there the whole time. He kind of came in the last moment, and also. I, I just I want to see more. I want to see if Drew Locke can do it. And he doesn't have an offensive head coach. He's got a defensive head coach, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me a little worried uh, for his development. I'm not saying Vic Fangio can't figure it out and can't help him out because we've seen it time and time again. I mean, Bill Belichick, for God's sakes. <laughs> um, you know, he's a defensive-minded head coach. And, he, you know, he had Tom Brady. Um, you know, Ron Rivera with Cam Newton. Just those are the ones that come to my mind right away, but I'm just, I'm not sold on Drew Locke and that's why I think I'm so low on them. But like the Titans game, I, I guess that could be a 50, 50 game. The Steelers game, that's a 50, 50. I'm picking the Buccaneers all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm honestly, I'm going to pick the, the Patriots over the Broncos. Uh, I'm going to take chiefs, you know, all day, but I think I have them splitting games with the chiefs, the Raiders and the chargers. So, mm-hmm. It honestly, I think it's just their schedule is really rough. Now, would I be surprised if they were seven and nine or even eight and eight? Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised because that defense is good. Um, and if Drew Locke has a, you know, a couple of three hundred yard games uh, where they rarely need to use Melvin Gordon, I think uh, that can also add to their win total. But for me right now, I'm just, I think I'm just so low on Drew Locke. And it's not that I don't think he's good. I just, I don't know. I, I really, I don't see a lot from him that I'm like, oh man, that was so good. Um, you know, he's got, he's got the confidence um, and he can also stay focused. So that's good. 
but I want to see what he can do against NFL defenses for a whole season. So mm-hmm. for me, Denver Broncos are uh, low on the totem pole. Okay. Uh, Cody, who is your third place team and what is the record and why? So we're, we're just going to stay on the Denver Broncos there. Cause I have them at third place at nine and seven. I actually am a, a clearly is from what it sounds like we are, uh, we're, in two opposite perspectives of them, you think that they um, are underachieving and I actually have them as a borderline sleeper team. I, some part of me almost wanted to put them in second because I feel like that they've got, they made better moves in the draft. In my opinion, they had more momentum at the end of last season that they're building on. And I, I really liked some of the pieces that they have and they, they're a really scary team, man. And uh, they, for, in my opinion, were showing better continuity last season than what the Raiders had showed last season, in my opinion. Just because, you know, there's always been this underlining kind of theme since John Gruden's been back is, does he really like Derek Carr that much? Is Derek Carr going to be the quarterback? And it almost, it, for me, it feels like that it's put the Raiders with this tension just because of that whole questioning of, you know, is Derek Carr the franchise quarterback? Should they draft a quarterback? What should they do? And, you know, it kind of all started when John Gruden came into town and not saying that he's the problem. Obviously he's bringing the Raiders back to prominence, but you know, like we all, we want to know what's going on. So last season, it felt like to me, Denver in the stretch with Drew Locke at the quarterback helm and some of the pieces that they had seemed like that they were on a, they had better, uh, they were better together. They had better continuity, like I said, than it felt like the Raiders did. Even though they finished essentially the same record, Broncos unfortunately finished in second place due to a tiebreaker and a, and a better strength of record. But anyways, a couple of the things, what you pointed out with them signing Melvin Gordon, I think is a huge reason why that that run game is going to be better. So now you've got an all-pro in Melvin Gordon, and you have Philip Lindsay, who's basically been the you know, Broncos' primary back of last season. Now you have a one-two tandem in that situation. Um, and they also do have A.J. Boye, who will be replacing uh, Chris Harris Jr. And Boye is uh, older, but he's still a good, uh, formidable cornerback. Not, not to mention that you still have Justin Simmons, who is their um, free safety, who is a monster. He's really good, in my opinion. Um, he led the team in interceptions last season. Um, you still have Von Miller and your weak side linebacker who you know he's going to get his sacks. You have uh, Bradley Chubb who's coming back off an of injury who will be uh, a lot harder to contain along with a, f- a young front seven uh, that, you know, def- offensives are going to have to worry about. Um, and not to mention with the addition of Gordon, you have Sutton like you pointed out, and they also drafted Jerry Judy who is arguably the number one receiver in this year's draft class with Drew Locke. Now I'm not saying that Drew Locke is going to be like the next coming of Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But I mean, you give any self-respecting quarterback decent weapons and a young offensive lineman, and he will look good. And especially if you can get a good enough lead to where you have a defense that is pretty stout. I'm not saying that the Broncos are a number one defense like they were when they won the Super Bowl against Cam Newton, which we mentioned earlier. Um, they are still formidable. I would say that arguably they're in about the top 15 to 20 range in a tough defense. And when, when called upon, they could be a defense that could make stops when necessary. Unlike a team like, let's say the chiefs who feel like they're weaker this season at the defensive spot. But in my opinion, I think the Broncos have a lot more going for them, a lot more, um, 
they have a lot they have a lot more momentum riding into this new season with a lot of new weapons and there's not this worrisome of you know Drew Locke is a second round quarterback from the 2019 draft but in his rookie year you know he had a pretty good passer rating um and he also threw seven touchdowns and only three interceptions when he started and it seemed like he was not the answer but he made that team a lot better than even when Joe Flacco or Trevor Simeon or whatever other quarterback you want to plug in that basically was under center all of last season. So I think the Broncos, they're kind of a dark horse in my opinion. I, I mean, I have them at nine to seven. They could be a team that goes five and 11, like you said, Drew, but I feel like that they're a better team that they will improve from their last season's nine, uh, seven and nine record. And I think they'll be over 500. I would not be surprised if they were maybe some, maybe, you know, the AFC team that was knocking on the second place door or, you know, they made a pretty good leaps and bounds and improvement with their overall team to where they are a team that we need to, you know, actually respect and not just treat them as a last place team, which sometimes they feel like it, but then you realize of all this talent and how well they did at the last like seven game stretch, you know what I mean? But so that's why I've got the Broncos in third place at nine and seven. Um, I have the chargers in third place. Um, but not far ahead. I have them at six and 10. Um, you know, the chargers, I don't believe are going to start with Justin Herbert. I think they're going to start to Rod Taylor first. Um, you know, I think Austin Eckler is not going to have as good of a season as, as he did last year. I think last year he kind of flourished being the number one back. Um, and honestly his, his rushing numbers to me weren't, impressive i think a lot of like especially like looking at fantasy numbers if you have a ppr league um you know that's where austin eckler was always valuable and when he was the number one back he was getting more and more catches and more and more uh receiving yards so i think that helped him but that was because uh you know phil crimea rivers was his quarterback so now you have Terod taylor uh who can run so if he gets in the pickle, he's not necessarily going to dump it, dump it off. Now he will, I think he'll still dump it off to the running back quite a bit, but I don't think, um, I, I just don't think a lot of defenses are going to let Eckler do what he normally does. I think they're going to kind of hone in on him a little bit more mm-hmm. because I don't think people really respect Taylor's ability to throw to a Keenan Allen, to a Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. um, to a Mike Williams. You know, they have some really good offensive guys. Now, when Justin Herbert comes in, uh, which he will in the year, I mean, I, I'm almost 100% positive. Yeah. You're going to take him at, you know, number five. He's going to play. Yeah. Um, so uh, you are going to see Herbert, but I think they are going to start Taylor first. And once the wheels start kind of falling off, I think – you know, you look at the Bengals game, you know, that's week one. So that game could go either way. Then you play the Chiefs. I don't think anyone thinks the Chargers are going to win that. Then the Panthers, that game could go either way, depending on how Taylor plays. Uh, then you have Buccaneers and Saints. And I think the Jets and Dolphins and Jaguars, that's three weeks in a row that they have. Um, depending on, t- on t- how Taylor does, if they lose two out of those three games, I think by week nine or week 10, well, week nine is the Raiders, and then week 10 they have a bye week. I think around there you, you're going to see Herbert. I really yeah. do. 
Um, now, again, like I said, it could depend on how Taylor is playing. I think they lose against uh, the Raiders week nine. Well, they might they might win that game, actually. I think I have them split. Yeah, I think they win that game just because um, they're coming off of, you know, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars. So those are, game, those are games that could possibly be uh, wins for the Chargers, like 3-0. and And then you go against the Raiders, you have a big confidence boost going against and being home. Um, and so uh, it's and so uh, by that time, then you go into the bye, and then you kind of go into a rough patch. So they really want to see how Herbert's going to do. I would throw him in after the, after the bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, off on that tangent, I really like the Chargers defense. It's, I love Derwin James. Um, I love uh, Melvin Ingram. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's a very underrated pass rusher. Joey Bosa, um, I said last week, I mean, he's not, the, he needs Ingram to really be successful, but they have Ingram, so that kind of helps. So I think this defense is very underrated, and honestly, a lot of people always say, well, you know, Phil Rivers, he's not washed up yet, you know, he's, you know, he's still a, a smart quarterback, and I'm not denying that he's not smart, I mean, he has been in the league forever, you've got to have the knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But a lot of people are saying, well, he kept him in these games. It wasn't Rivers. It was the defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense kept him in almost all their games. And they still ended up, what was the, 5-11. and 11. So I just, I don't think starting Terod Taylor or Justin Herbert, Herbert's going to have his growing pains. And he's not even, I, I really just don't think he's going to start week one. So it's going to be harder for him to learn on the fly. And then Terod Taylor, I think we saw what he did in, in Cleveland. It wasn't great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like he was awful, but he's just not a guy who can just sling it everywhere. And in the type of NFL that we're in, you kind of need to do that. And then with not that strong of a, uh, of a running game with Austin Eckler, I just I don't like it. But they do benefit from a pretty favorable schedule you know, week one through week nine, you know, so they can get, they can sneak a few wins in and I think they get swept by the chiefs, but I do think they split games between the Raiders and uh, between the Broncos. So Mm -hmm. I have the chargers at number three. So, um, so we're going to take a quick break as I stumble over my words, because apparently I need a break. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to uh, discuss our number two and number one team in the AFC West. All right, guys, we are back. And, Cody, who is your number two team in the AFC West? What is their record and why? So, for the second-place team in this division, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. I have them finishing 10-6. and Um, I really, I'm really hoping that they could be better than 10 and six. I feel like on paper they are, and maybe this is just Raider bias in my opinion, but I really feel like on paper with the draft picks, the current players on the roster on both offense and defense, you know, this is a team that you can almost make an argument can go at four and 12 to three and 13, just because they have a lot of, they have a lot of building blocks and, 
they've drafted a lot of good players and they also have some draft picks that are rounding out to be some really good players. For example, Max Crosby, who would have thought that 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 uh, day two pick would turn into be like our number one defensive asset who wreaks havoc in the defense, who was robbed by the way of rookie defensive player of the year. Um, but yes, also in this, also in this previous off season, a couple of things that they did address, which I can appreciate is which is what they're the weakest at, which is secondary and the linebacking situation. They bring in Littleton to basically be the, um, the, the leader of that defense who former Rams, former giants is a great pickup. Um, they also picked up uh, Demarius Randall, free safety. So another veteran in the safety position with uh, Jonathan Abrams, who's going to be back from injury. So we're going to really need that veteran leadership to kind of guide him and especially to teach him how to play hard but smart. Because, you know, first game of last season, Abram injured himself. So we got to make sure that he yeah. is a lot smarter when he plays that position because he's a hard-hitting safety and we're going to need him, but we need him to protect himself. Um, and then they picked up, uh, Nick, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this last name. <laughs> Nick Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski from the Bears. Yeah, it's Kwiatkowski. Sure. Thank it's you. Like you got to remember quit and then you'll get it. Kwiatkowski. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. From the yeah. Bears. And anyway, so we picked up another um, – honestly, this sounds like it's a more of a coverage pick. Um, we've been always weak in linebackers that don't really cover <laughs> backs or the tight ends very well. So I, I think this is going to be an interesting pickup. And I'm curious to see how he's going to do in our defense. Um, and then a couple of uh, offensive pickups that we have is Marcus Mariota's backup quarterback. This one kind of bothered me just because, you yeah. know, it's kind of sending off mixed signals. I get it. Like Derek Carr, this is kind of a make or break year, which in my opinion, if Derek Carr doesn't lead the Raiders to the playoffs this season, especially first season in Las Vegas with the moves and the players that they have, I feel like that they're, going to move away from Derek Carr somehow some way and I almost feel like that Derek Carr is on a um is on a uh you know a countdown so to speak and if by the whenever the Raiders bye week is I can't remember when it is if they don't have somewhat of an impressive record I wouldn't be surprised if there's a quarterback change uh, sometime in the season just to make sure that they can salvage it or spark some sort of late late run magic or something like that hopefully that yeah. doesn't happen I, I believe in Carr. He had over 70% completion uh, percentage last season. Um, and that was with kind of a beaten up uh, wide receiver core along with, you know, Darren Waller be, basically being the number one tight end in the league. So um, let's see. Other than that, though, some of the draft picks that they had, like Henry Ruggs third. I know that you and I were really iffy about this. We, you and I were really fans of Jer, uh, Jerry Judy, and we were really <laughs> kind of hoping for him first. But you know, when you look at his uh, drop rate being the lowest in, you know, NCAA and, uh, you know, he's a speed guy and I think he's going to develop really uh, well as a route runner and he won't be, you know, just all speed. I, I think that he'll be a versatile running back with, or excuse me, a wide receiver, which is something that we desperately need because we definitely need that number one legit receiver on the outside. So I think Henry Ruggs will, will help in that, especially if you want to put him in slot, which he's shifty enough to do. Um, and then we uh, did draft a uh, Damon Arnett, who's a cornerback. This looks like it's more of a system draft pick, of course, like what we talked about before. But again, mm -hmm. it's a young cornerback to kind of uh, pair next to Mullins, who was pretty much a standout in his rookie year last season. Uh, you know, Brian Edwards, who's a who's a kind of a bigger wide receiver, so he's definitely got to 
be someone that, uh, you know, Derek Carr may rely on in his rookie year because he's a big body, very similar to Michael Crabtree, who, you know, Derek Carr is really a big fan, uh, big fan of. And that's why, you know, when Crabtree was on the Raiders, there was a lot of success because Carr would rely on him because of how long he was and how big he was and how, and his catching ability. And then uh, an underrated draft pick um, that I liked that the Raiders did was Tanner Muse, um, safety out of Clemson. Um, there's just something about him. He's got some moxie to him, which uh, I think he fits the Raiders culture pretty well. And I'm really curious to see how he'll do, especially, you know, when we plug him in in certain um, game situations and coming from Clemson, you got to, you got to believe that that defense um, obviously had some former all pro talent and still has some really good NFL talent, probably still on that team right now. And, you know, they won the national championship uh, not very long ago. And, you know, basically soul from that defense is why they were so successful in that college program. And Tanner Muse was basically the safety that helped, you know, solidify that defense. So I'm really glad that he's on the team, but all in all though, a couple of things that I'm concerned with is the Raiders have the second toughest schedule um, in terms of win percentage from last season. So mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the Raiders are going to lose every single game. It just means that according to the team's records of last season, second toughest. But, you know, here we have Carolina week one at Carolina. I think that's a tough game, but, you know, you have, um, you know, you have Teddy Bridgewater that's basically going to be the starting quarterback, um, you know, rookie head coach. So how that team's going to really be. I honestly think that we have a chance with New Orleans. It'll be in Las Vegas, but New Orleans has a really good defense. So that's kind of an iffy game. New England Patriots, I would, I would bet that we could probably take that game because of our offense. And what we were talking about, Drew, is with our defense, maybe could stand up against New England. But it kind of changes my opinion when Cam Newton's on that team. So I'd like to think New England is a winnable game. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to beat Kansas City. Um, we have, you know, Cleveland, the Chargers, Broncos. We have Atlanta. I think that we stand a really good chance against Atlanta. So, you know, there's a lot of team, there's a lot of games in here that we should win. But one of the things that makes me worried about a Raiders fan is I get these high hopes with my Raiders. And then somewhere along the way, whether it's an injury or personnel change or something happens where they just kind of let us down. So I'm really hoping that the first year in Las Vegas, they really you know, actually make some noise and put the league on notice that, you know, that they've been improving and that they're a team in the AFC that needs to be reckoned with. But unfortunately I still think that there's a juggernaut team in Kansas city that Mm -hmm. I don't, I think it's going to be a while until Kansas city is dethroned as uh, AFC West champions. I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's really, really, really tough to, to beat him, especially when he can, throw it anywhere he wants and they've got dynamic receivers and we'll talk about them coming up uh, whenever they come up on our rankings but you know I the Raiders are second place I'm I'm hoping that we're playoff bound but for right now what I have them at is 10 and 6 in second place of this division I have the Raiders in second place as well I also have them at 10 and 6 now I originally had them at 11 and 5 but looking a little deeper into uh, their schedule, they the win that I had the Raiders getting against because I had them splitting games against the Chiefs, the the Chargers, and Broncos. But one the game that I had them winning over the Chiefs was them at home. But they actually play the Chiefs 
right after a bye week. So I had to, I, I had to change it because Andy Reid off of a bye week is just almost unstoppable. Like almost. So, um, I mean, it sucks. I really don't want to admit that, but um, that's where I, I got my change uh, up on the schedule. But I, I mean, still, there. that's a... Um, that is definitely a playoff bound record. Um, as you were kind of going through their offense, I mean, you just look at the weapons that they have. Uh, they have Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, obviously those were the guys from last year, but now you add Henry Ruggs, as you talked about, you know, he's got really good hands come probably the best hands coming out of college. Uh, which is a reason why we went after him. Not only that, but obviously his speed as well. Now, I still liked Jerry Judy. I thought overall he's got more tape. He's got more stuff that he has proven that you you know, that you know can just go with. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But now that I kind of look at Henry Ruggs, I'm not that upset. But I still would have picked uh, Judy, so just for the record. But it's not like I hate rugs. I don't, again, I don't want people to think I'm just, you know, poo-pooing on, on rugs. No, I, I like him. I just, you know, for, for me, I would have gone Judy. But, um, you know, that's neither here nor there. Or here. <laughs> Man. <laughs> all that all that sleep deprivation right now uh it's neither here nor there there we go i did it yay <laughs> um but one of my favorite i did love damon arnett and at first when they drafted damon arnett i was like um who like and then they were like oh he's from ohio state and i was like oh my god you gotta be kidding we just saw a name and then we saw the college she went to oh we're gonna get him like that's what i thought but then you look at the, you kind of look at the tape from, um, oh God, who, who's the guy? Who's the other guy? Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, that was uh, drafted earlier, um, but uh, from Ohio State, the Lions got him. Man, I am blanking on his name right now. He's a um, No, he was a cornerback. Um, anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Then, then you look at, in that tape, you would always see Damon Arnett, and he was always on his man. And then you look at the tape from Damon Arnett, and it's not that he's he's an interception guy. I don't think he's that he's going to be that type of a guy, but I think he's going to be more of like a Richard Sherman in in the way of he's not going to have a ton, a, a ton of interceptions. He's not going to be that ball hawk, but what he is going to be is he's going to be swatting that ball down every single time. He just he has a, an ability to stay with receivers. Like he just has a sense of where they're going to go before they can even. Yes, Jeff Okuda. Thank you. Um, so, um, you know, I, I really, I really am liking Damon Arnett, but one draft pick that I really, really liked, and I think is very underrated. I like the Tanner Muse as well. I think he's a good fit, but I really, really like, Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech. This guy, yes, he's only 5'8", but he reminds me of LaMarcus Joyner, but I think he's a little bit more skilled than that. The only reason Robertson wasn't at an Ohio State, at an LSU, at an Alabama, was because of his height and because he had some disciplinary actions going into college. Now, that all settled when he was in college, so he hasn't had issues since. But this kid is 
phenomenal. He is ridiculous, and he's only five foot eight. He is going to be a game changer. Now, what I love what the Raiders did. If you look, you said that they got Demarius Randall, right? Mm-hmm. Demarius Randall is a hybrid. He can play safety, but he can also play cornerback. Lamarcus Joyner is the same way. Amik Robertson is the same way. They can switch around these guys however they want. Now, you have uh, Trayvon Mullen, who, like you said, I believe was completely underrated last year. A lot of people weren't talking about him because by the time he was the actual starter, the Raiders were kind of falling behind. Mm-hmm. But this kid kind of basically reminds me of a, a Damon Arnett in the fact that he just always was on the receiver. You never saw him, you know, trailing receivers. And if he was, he it wasn't by, you know, a five yard distance. I mean, he was five yards or less. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just always on him. Um, you know, and then you say you have Jonathan Abram, who really, to me, kind of reminds me, and uh, some people are going to say blasphemy, I, I really don't care, uh, Sean Taylor. This, mm-hmm. guy, this guy just looks to kill, and I love it. And when you have guys like Joyner, Randall, uh, Robertson, those guys, and, and then they also added Jeff Heath, mm-hmm. who can, uh, who's probably going to uh, rotate with Abram, uh, because he's kind of, of a hard hitter as well. But you have a set where, okay, the free safeties, which would be Randall, Joyner, and Robertson, those guys you can you can have um, just basically watching the quarterback, whatever he's going to do. If he's going to throw it, they're going to be wherever the ball is going to be. Um, and there, I think you're going to see some interceptions in that free safety spot. The strong safety. Now, because you can trust those guys, those three guys, to be the safeties, you can cheat Abram up. You can cheat um, Heath up and blitz the quarterback or be an extra run stopper or be an extra cover guy from a low, uh, on a low route. So I really like what the Raiders did. And then you also still have Arnett on one side and Mullen. Now they're young guys. We're probably going to see some issues, but that's why they have those safeties there because now if those rookies or young players get in a bind, those safeties can back them up and they know how to because they have the ability. I really like what the Raiders did in in the defensive back department. Like you said, they added Littleton. I love this guy. This guy finds the ball and just gets 11 tackles a game. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's someone that, the Raiders, we kind of had with Tariq Whitehead, who <laughs> I liked, but I think Littleton is a little more talented because he can read the play faster. Whitehead was kind of the was kind of the last ditch effort. He never really had a lot of tackles for losses. With Littleton, he not only can do that, but he can cover as well. And then you said Kwiatkowski. That guy is a coverage guy, but he is a really talented uh, tackler. And then Tanner Muse. He was kind of the main. He was kind of the uh, the quarterback for the defense at Clemson, who had a phenomenal defense. So you can also trust Tanner Muse as well. This is a really underrated defense. I I've been hearing a lot of uh, experts saying the Raiders have the worst defense in the AFC West. I don't think so. I think the Chiefs have the worst defense, and it's covered up by their great offense. Mm-hmm. With the Raiders, they have added. All these players 
where they can implement and they can use, you know, their strong suits, but also cover up some of the other guys' weaknesses. And now they have a good rotation. They also added uh, Prince Amukamara. Yep. Who is a, he's a veteran cornerback. He's going to be a guy who's going to be able to help Arnett. He's going to be a guy who's going to help Mullen. Um, and then you look at the receivers. I mean, you have Henry Ruggs. You have Terrell Williams. Uh, I actually really like Nelson Aguilar. I know everyone wants to go, you know, he had so many drops. Yes, but he is still a good receiver. You also have Darren Waller. You have Josh Jacobs. Um, they they re-signed Jalen Richard. So, and this is a very underrated offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I get worried about for the Raiders is their defensive line. I like Max Crosby, but now we've had a year to see him. Same with all the offensive linemen. So they're going to kind of figure him out a little bit. Um, now, I don't know by how much because this guy just plays on effort. And uh, that's that's huge in the NFL. And then you have... Um, uh, sorry. Uh, then you have like Arden Key and Clean uh, Farrell, who Farrell is going to have to step up this year. If not, they're going to have to draft another guy. Arden Key mm-hmm. is is a good backup. I, I would say. I think that's the nicest thing I can say. But their <laughs> yeah. their defense tackle they got uh, Collins from from the Cowboys, who's a really good run stopper. Um, they have Hankins and also uh, Maurice Hurst who Hurst actually really stepped his game up last year. Um, you know, he he had a couple of really good uh, pass rushes, um, but he was really good in the run game as well. So I'm encouraged, but that still is probably the weakest point for, for the Raiders. And, you know, obviously we know that Derek Carr, you know, might be on the hot seat or probably is on the hot seat for the life of me. I can never understand why. But, you know, he is. I mean, it's. I don't think it's any secret he is on the hot seat. But I think with the, with the added stuff that he has, and he was 70% completion percentage to a Darren Waller, Tyler, <laughs> Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, it wasn't spectacular wide receiver core. Now you add all this. And on top of you have Darren Waller and the other tight ends as well, and Carrier and and um, and uh, uh, Foster. So I'm encouraged. I really I really like this team. Um, I, I really think the Raiders are going to. I'm sorry, I said Foster. It's Moreau. I was thinking Foster Foster Moreau. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Foster Moreau. But I said Fo- I was saying the last name. And yeah. Oh. Anyway. Um, so I, I really like this Raiders team, if you can't tell, um, but I, I don't know, man, I look at this roster and I just, this defense, I know a lot of people may not be high on it. Maybe the experts cause they haven't played together, but a lot of the weaknesses that I see in each player is covered up by a strength of another player. Mm-hmm. Like you can just see that they have. It's very strategically built, and I think we really got to give credit to the GM uh, of the Raiders for that. I mean, he has done, um, I think, a masterful job since mm-hmm. he's had this job so far. So, 
Um, kudos to the Raiders. They did, I like what they did. They didn't go after these huge names other than probably Corey Littleton was the biggest name they went after in the, in the free agents list. I, you know, I wanted them to go Melvin Gordon because I'm managing Josh Jacobs and Melvin Gordon. That would just be ridiculous. Yeah, no kidding. But I knew there was no way they were going to do that. Um, but I really like what the Raiders did. They, they also added Carl Nassib, who is a, who's a decent, he actually reminds me of Max, or Max Crosby reminds me of Nassib. Nassib is, is going to be a nice um, added piece to that defensive line. So, mm-hmm. For me, this Raiders team is very underrated. I think their struggles are going to be stopping the run because I'm not sure about that and that um, defensive line. And also, they're probably not going to have a ton of sacks again because they just really don't have guys who can rush the passer consistently. Mm-hmm. Crosby is their most consistent guy, and... And we we found out, you know, uh, last week that he only had ten sacks, which I mean, is good. But it's you know, for you know your number one pass rusher, you'd you'd like him to. I'd like him to be at least twelve sacks, but you know, that's me being picky, I guess. All right, well, uh, Cody, we know who your number one team is, so why don't you tell us why you have the Chiefs there, what the record is, and why? So I've got the Chiefs at thirteen and three. Uh, I think that uh, with the added, essentially them winning the Super Bowl, and I think that they're going to be hungry to prove that it wasn't just a one-season fluke, and I think Andy Reid is going to have this team basically, I don't know, some something gives me the feeling that this team is going to act hungrier than they did last season from winning the Super Bowl to prove that their dominance wasn't just you know, a flash. Um, Patrick Mahomes admitting essentially on LeBron James's show that he didn't know how to read defenses until essentially halfway through last season just worries me to no extent, knowing that he did every, he had all that success, essentially 50 touchdowns his first year starting and a bajillion more the following year. And he didn't even read defense until halfway through this past season, the season that he won the Super Bowl. And now you get him to understand defensive schemes and how to beat you. I mean, it's just unfair. Doesn't like, that I just piss you off? It, yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost like. It's like, oh, man, he's just rubbing it in. It's like the same. It's like the, the time I heard that Steph Curry was blind and he, had, he got contacts and now he can actually see. It's like, <laughs> wait, you mean you were shooting and you couldn't see the basket? You're kidding me. So, yeah, it's basically that. These guys are already dominant and now they get this added, they get this edge now that you thought that they already had, but no, oh no, we just discovered this. And so now like we're all in trouble. We're, we're not, you know, like everybody's now just fighting for second place while the chiefs are just on the mountain right now. So, but for, for all that being said though, obviously it takes a team to win, not just Patrick Mahomes, even though he gets, he can essentially throw to, you know, college players and probably beat most of the NFL teams. That's how talented his arm is. But you know, they still have Damian Williams coming back. They also they drafted a Clyde Edwards Hare uh, out of LSU, who's a great pickup, super versatile. Um, he'll definitely be that franchise back that they're looking for. That'll go great with their offense. Again, not to mention Tyreek Hill, uh, Demarcus Robertson coming back, Sammy Watkins is coming back, uh, Hartman's coming back, Kelsey, 
their offensive line. The only thing that is their Achilles heel, which has kind of been the underlying theme that we've talked about, is their defense. Um, even though they have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, Tyron Matthew, um, they also have Anthony Hutchins. That's uh, pretty much their defense, for lack of a better you know explanation. They don't really have a whole lot of defensive players that are going to get after it other than Clark and Frank. I mean, excuse me, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Well, I just said his name. That was weird. Anyway, I gave you the curse now. Yeah. Even though, (laughs) so other than Chris Jones and Frank Clark, those are really the only two pass rushers that you have. Anthony Hutchins, you can maybe make an argument that that is also a pass rusher, but I think he, Obviously, him being the the linebacker that's going to lead that defense, I don't see him really rushing the passer. He's probably going to be in coverage, which you could probably expose the Chiefs if you really want to just hurt them in the linebacking area since they're a little weak there. And then, you know, Tyron uh, Tyron Matthew, who's the AKA Honey Badger, who is a All Pro safety, no doubt about how talented he is, um, will will help in the secondary. But I mean. He's not going to be able to play front seven and run run into the backfield to to stop up to you know stop a pass, you know he's not going to be one of those. But I, I think he will wreak some havoc. He may be this uh, our generation's version of uh, Troy Polamalu, who basically just you know he disrupts plays. But you know they just are missing so much more defensive firepower than they need. I really think that the offense for the Chiefs this season is going to have to essentially go to all-time great scoring heights to essentially overshadow their lack of defense because I think what's going to end up happening is the Chiefs offense is going to be so high so uh you know so much firepower to where they're going to score in bunches and the defense is basically going to be playing a majority of coverage they don't have to worry about you know rushing the quarterback or making huge stops in pivotal moments because there'll be such a huge lead from, you know, Patrick Mahomes in the offense that, you know, most defenses won't, well, excuse me, most offenses won't be able to get in their normal game plan, you know, running the ball and maybe setting up play action or anything like that. Um, I think the only teams that are really going to give the chiefs really any problems in my opinion are um, obviously Baltimore. There's no doubt that we can't put Baltimore in this list of teams that it can easily disrupt the Chiefs. I think if there's ever a defense that could probably keep up with the Chiefs, it would be Baltimore. And offensively, I think Baltimore is is near the same firepower. The only thing is they really don't have a legitimate number one receiver that uh, you can rely on, like Kansas City can rely on uh, Tyreek Hill or or Travis Kelsey. Um, the only other team I see could be problems is they're playing at Tampa um, on week 12, and then they're at New Orleans week 15. Those are really the three main games I see that they could potentially lose all on the road, all the defensives, all two defenses that could match them offensively as well. Cause you know, New Orleans has a really high power offense. Um, Baltimore has a high power offense with Lamar Jackson, of course. Um, and then Tampa with, Tom Brady, um, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and that Tampa defense as well. So those are really the only three games I, I forecast essentially uh, Kansas City losing. And, you know, I'm basically saying that the Super Bowl favorites this year is Kansas City. I don't see how they're not going to 
repeat unless there's an injury that happens. But I mean, like I said, I think that there's going to be a hunger with this team that's going to be, let's prove that this wasn't a fluke and do it again. And I think that they will, they're going to cause a lot of, they're going to cause a lot of problems in the NFL, even into next season again. And I think that's why I have them finishing first in this division. I have them first. Um, I have them at 12 and four. Um, I disagree though. I don't think they're the favorite. Um, in my opinion, I think the Ravens are the favorite um, to win the Super Bowl. In, in my opinion, they've added a lot more. Now the chiefs, they really kept the same team. So I'm not saying that this chiefs team is going to be bad, but I do feel like it's going to be a little bit of the um, uh, Super Bowl hangover. Um, I don't think they're going to be content. I really don't. But they really haven't added anything. And it's not... It kind of sounds silly because they won the Super Bowl. And so they're like, oh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. But I feel like they should have added defensively. Now, their defense came up kind of big in, in spots in the playoffs. And I think their defense is better built for postseason like okay these are guys who can do some things but you know they're really going to kind of like savor what they can do for the postseason so I think they're going to be a better postseason team than they will be a regular season team but um, like you said you know they face the Ravens I think that's a loss they face the Saints I think that's a loss Uh, they face the Buccaneers I think that's a loss and then I have them splitting games between Denver um, only because I feel like Denver defensively can match up with them, and and it is going to be and in Denver. It, that's kind of a that's always a rough game, um, and I just feel like Denver and Kansas City they always have some good battles. So um, you know that's that's really the only division uh, team that I have splitting games with the Chiefs, but. You know, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we've seen him do some crazy things, obviously. Um, you know, I think now I'm a little worried for the Chiefs, though. They might actually, they might, they could lose to the Raiders because they they play Houston week one, and then they play Chargers week two. Week three, they play the Ravens, and then week four, they play the Patriots. Now, at the time that I wrote this, or that I, I wrote you know, the Patriots um, losing this game was before Cam Newton. Cam Newton going and playing against the Chiefs, I think is a little bit tougher for the Chiefs because defensively, I don't think they have a guy who can really match up with Cam Newton. Um, So I think that's going to be a tough game. And then week five, they play the Raiders. And then after that, they play the Bills. So that's a tough stretch. Uh, You know, basically week three through through week six is a pretty, oh, I'd say week seven. So week, week three through week seven, it's a pretty rough stretch in their, in their um, uh, schedule. Now I, I think Patrick Mahomes is way too talented to lose all those games. So I don't think that's going to happen, but I do feel like there's going to be one of those out of those games. There's going to be at least one where they just completely throw a dud because they're just, it's been 
tough team after tough team after tough team. So uh, that's just kind of where I where I'm at with that. Um, you know, I wish they would have gone after Fred Taylor because they have Damian Williams, and Williams is a really good pass catcher. And I just feel like Fred Taylor would, you know, could be a really nice uh, shift to like a, 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 you know, a complete runner. Now the guy they got um, from LSU, uh, you you already said his name, Edwards Hare. Um, he he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Lashawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as shifty, but you know his. The way he runs, it, it really just reminds me of McCoy. Uh, McCoy wasn't a great pass rush, uh, pass rush and pass catcher, um, but um, you know he he you know when he needed it the most, he would catch the ball. So that's kind of how I see him. That's why I would I would have preferred Fred Taylor, but I think honestly with the running with the running backs that were available at the time they were picking, it really wouldn't be that bad. Mm-hmm. I just thought going with Damian Williams as the pass catcher and then shifting to like a Jonathan Taylor would be a nice adjustment, but Jonathan uh, Taylor, they got... Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Okay. Cause you said Fred Taylor. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, I was like Jonathan Fred Taylor, Taylor from the Jaguars. I yeah. You don't tired. No, he's still in the league. He's, he's still going. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I just, I, I really like the chiefs offense. It's their defense. Like you said, it's, it's pretty it's pretty suspect at best and i think that's going to be some games where they're going to lose because of that defense i mean tyron matthew is a tackling machine but he's not a really good coverage defensive back i mean he's he's a safety slash linebacker hybrid type guy Mm -hmm. um so he's he's really meant for like you know he he can cover tight ends and he can cover uh you know a running back here and there and and he's going to be a really good you know run stopper and he's going to you know rush the quarterback every now and then but he's not really a guy that you can rely on to be the guy on defense you know he's going to be the guy if you need a, a big tackle you know um chris jones is a, is a, a, a talented defensive tackle and and i think he's going to be um you know, he's always a problem. And same with Frank Clark. But, you know, you saying Anthony Hutchinson really just kind of made me like, when you have to say Anthony Hutchinson is one of their better players, it's just, it's not a great defense. I'm not that high on him. He's he's good. I'm not, I don't want to like say he's terrible, but he's not a guy I would be like, oh yeah, we need to get him. Um, so for me, the Chiefs, I still think they're going to win this division. I think they're way too talented to not. Um, but I think you could see some scenarios where maybe the Raiders kind of, you know, threaten them. Or, or you kind of said maybe the Broncos might threaten them. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, I think we're in agreement that the Chargers are in a, in a learning year, mm-hmm. not necessarily a, a, um, uh, a rebuilding year. I think they're in a learning year. I think they've mm-hmm. rebuilt. Now they're just trying to, um, you know, put on the the spackle, so to speak. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it'll it'll be interesting to watch this year here in the AFC West. But I do think, nonetheless, the Chiefs are going to be the division winners. I think they're going to go to the playoffs, and I think they're going to look better in the playoffs than they will in the regular season. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, even though they were down every single postseason game last year, they still, to me, look better in the postseason than they did during the regular season. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Anyway, so I, I, I don't think there's any argument here. I just think their defense, I, I, that's why I would say the Ravens are probably my favorite to go to the Super Bowl and win it versus mm-hmm. any other team just because not only did they get better this year, um, but just judging by how Lamar Jackson went from year one to year two, I, I don't see how how he would fall back from that. I think he was so encouraged that he wants to continue that. So mm-hmm. uh, that Ravens team is going to be scary. And like I said, they got better on defense too, which is just not fair. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to have a little bit of a of a Super Bowl hangover, and uh, you know end up losing in the in the playoffs. So, all right, man. Well, some good stuff. Uh, you know, I think we went a little bit long, but you know, we had to talk about Cam Newton, and then we had to you know go a little long on the Raiders. So, yeah, you know, I mean, wish we, honestly we're gonna have to probably do an entire episode dedicated to the Raiders with what they did in the offseason draft what their potentials are and all that stuff there's just so much there's so many layers to the Raiders that I think you and I are looking forward to seeing in this upcoming year and you know what uh, what it's going to be like in their first year in Vegas which still is heartbreaking you know to be completely honest the fact that they are not in Oakland but you know, they're going to be in such a state-of-the-art stadium in a city that's, uh, you know, Sin City is the nickname, and hopefully the the bad reputation Raiders don't come out. I hope that they stay on the straight and narrow with uh, Mayock and uh, and Gruden still leading the group. But, you know, they, there's so much promise for the Raiders that, you know, I, I really am, would love to say that they're going to go 16-0 and and, you know, run the tables <laughs> in the playoffs because that's where my heart's at. But... You know, thinking logically, you know, they've got a juggernaut to beat and and, and uh, the Chiefs, which I, I would not be surprised if the Raiders split a game with the Chiefs. I feel like that last season we gave them our best shot and, you know, we held our own up until late in the games and when Patrick Mahomes would basically be his best. Um, you know, but also, too, I, I feel the same with the, the Broncos. I feel like the Broncos are probably our biggest threat um, in the AFC West in terms of you know, being a second place team. And if, you know, if uh, second or the first wild card is coming out of the AFC West, I feel like the Broncos are a team that could give us a run for our money for one or both of the uh, wild card positions, especially depending on where we finish and record wise, you know, so. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And uh, next week we're going to have a whole new topic. So if you hated this, these topics, well, sorry, but uh, tough luck. And if you loved them, I'm sorry. But uh, we, we have to think of other things. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you next week. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening to us today. Thank you for the download and and listening to the whole thing. I'm assuming you did. Uh, we we really appreciate it. But if you want to show even more support, uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you guys went on to any of the major podcasts, the major podcasts being Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart and Spotify. Go rate and review and also subscribe. 
uh, that all will help us tremendously. So we would definitely appreciate that. Um, also, uh, go check us out on our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are also on YouTube at Drew Code Sports Talk. And also, uh, go follow uh, Two Bays in the Pod at Two Bays in the Pod uh, strictly on Instagram. So uh, all that will help as well. And if you have any questions or you want to um, maybe bring up a topic that you'd like us to, uh, you know, bring up on Drew Code or on Two Bays please comment or direct message us on any of those social media sites. We would appreciate all of that. Uh, we would love to hear from you and, and what you guys would like us to talk about because we would, we would definitely do it. Um, and also go check out fnxfitness.com. They have some great workout gear and also uh, workout supplements. Uh, you know, gyms are still open. So, uh, you know, go and, and get some of that stuff. If you uh, haven't worked out in a while, that will probably will help you uh, get going. But we can also give you 15% off of your whole purchase at fitness at fnxfitness.com. And Cody will explain how you can get that. That's right, guys. All you need to do is go to drewcodesportstock.com. On our homepage of the website, you're going to go down to the bottom. There is a live link to fnxfit.com. And there is actually a promo code that Drew just talked about. You want to put in Drew code 15, that'll give you 15% off your total purchase at the time of checkout. And honestly, with gyms opening back up and summer coming around, you guys are going to definitely want to get your workout gear and your supplements to get your fitness game going. So definitely go check them out. Also, um, any of the podcast platforms that Drew mentioned, we have live links on the website. So feel free to go search those up. You can click on them for whichever platform you decide to listen to and subscribe, rate and review like Drew said. Um, also to, um, feel free to leave us a comment or a uh, question. Like Drew said, it's also all on the website. So we encourage you guys to go look over there and, you know, leave us something and we'd love to interact with you guys. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, two bays in a pod comes out every Monday and Drew code sports talk comes out every Thursday. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week.